0: So my friends, today, um, between our first and second reading, we have a very good picture of what uh, the makeup of the church and what the church should look like. Uh, In the first reading, we hear about the selection of the first seven deacons, that uh, the 12, um, that there was some complaints going on. Mainly, when alms were being distributed, that the Jewish Christians were being given priority over the Gentile-origin Christians, and so there's a, little bit of a, um, there's a little bit of a divide going on in the community already, and this is something that we see through the Acts of the Apostles, um, and that the Twelve, the Apostles, they realize that they need those who will cooperate in their ministry and who will have distinctive roles in the ministry, uh, that they, as the Apostles, should really be focusing on on the ministry of the word, and while they do tremendous acts of service, and it would be a mistake to say the apostles gave up service to the community because they were so busy um, with their times of prayer and the word. That's not true. But they needed those as well who'd be dedicated first and foremost to the acts of service, so that they can continue to preach the word and know that the needs of community the community are being taken care of. It's kind of like when you need more hands than you have. Like, how many of us have had that experience that we need, we only got two hands, but I need a lot more, right? And the apostles, um, those who cooperate in their ministry are extra hands for the apostles. That they're working in the ministry, it's not kind of giving this away, let's just um, outsource that to the deacons. Rather, the deacons become cooperators in the ministry of the apostles. They share in the apostolic Ministry, and so that what we see here, and this is just chapter six of the Acts of the Apostles, is that we have um, the apostles who are focused on the word, and that they need the deacons who will take care of this ministry of service within the church, and that this is what the diaconate is within the church. That the diaconate, uh, which is the first step in holy orders, uh, the sacrament of holy orders, is kind of three different steps. It's um. The diaconate, the priesthood, and then the episcopacy, or bishops, right? I was ordained uh, a deacon on October 4th, the feast of our, um, our patron, St. Francis of Assisi, on October 4th, 2012. And that diaconal ministry is something that um, it, it doesn't go away when you get promoted to be a priest. And being a priest is not a promotion. Rather, it's now a, an additional ministry. It's an, a, a new identity, but the diaconate never goes away. So we have the hierarchy in our church that are um, all based first in service to the community, um, and then the celebration of the sacraments, primarily through the celebration of Holy Mass, and um, hearing confessions and baptism, and then as well uh, the episcopacy that are the successors of the apostles, the, the, the bishops who have this role of overseeing the whole thing and being the chief shepherd in a particular area called a diocese. And so we have the hierarchy of the church, and we belong to a hierarchical church. Uh, And all that we do is meant to participate in. So everything I do as a pastor is meant to participate in Archbishop Blair's shepherding of the church in the Archdiocese of Hartford. And so it's not, um, I'm not the king of my own kingdom, right? That we sh- I share in the ministry, uh, in the uh, apostleship of uh, Leonard Blair, who is our apostle um, and is sent to preach the gospel and build up the kingdom of God in this particular place. We see this hierarchy of the church, bishops, priests, and deacons. And we see how that's taking shape in the Acts of the Apostles, it can be very easy for us, though, to just identify the church with the hierarchy. And that we could just say that the church hierarchy, like, who are you gonna to point to if you have to point to someone who embodies the Catholic Church? We well, point to the Pope, right? Let's just point to the Pope. Um, but that's not, the hierarchy has a role in shepherding the community, but my priesthood is at the service of your holiness. That the goal of the priesthood in particular, um, and of our bishops and of our deacons, is to help build up the holiness of the people of God. That I'm not a priest myself. Tomorrow is the anniversary of my priestly ordination. I'll have been ordained a priest for seven years um, tomorrow. And uh, the gift, the great gift of the priesthood that I received on May 11, 2013, was not for me. It's so that I could work to build up the holiness of the people of God in the Archdiocese of Hartford. That it's not something that, um, it is a tremendous gift, uh, but that it doesn't end in me. And it's not about me. And being pastor here at St. Francis is not about me. It's about the holiness of the people here. And we have to avoid in the church cult of personality where it becomes about, look, I love Pope Francis. Pope Francis's job is not to be a celebrity. It's to build up our holiness as Peter, to um, confirm us in the faith and to be the visible source of unity within the church. Pope Francis is Pope for us so that we can grow in holiness. St. Peter, in his letter, says about the whole people of God, about the whole church, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own. That that's who we are. We as the church are the chosen race. We are the royal priesthood. Not just our priests are priests, but rather on account of our baptism, we've been conformed to Jesus Christ, priest, prophet, and king. And we share in the priesthood of Christ each and every one of us. That we offer to God our acts of love and service every day. That we are able to share in our Lord's... um, Act of love and uh, worship and sacrifice. And so, throughout the day, when we offer small sacrifice, that's our priestly offering to the Father. That's um, who we are. We, as the church, are a holy nation. That we, we're identified um, not by just boundaries territorially, but rather it's the universality of the church. That the church makes up one holy nation. That we are united in this bond of unity with Christians throughout the entire world as one nation under God. (laughs) We are one nation under God um, insofar as we are the holy nation of the church. A people of his own. Who are we? We're God's people. Like we see that in the gospel. That Jesus prepares a place for us. Like we are God's own people. That he he wants us to be with him for all of eternity. So that where I am, that I I may come back and take you to myself. So that where I am, you also may be. Where is our place ultimately? Where do we ultimately fit in? In heaven. There is a place prepared for me in heaven. What a shame it would be if I didn't get there. Um, There's a place prepared for each one of us. We are a holy people. Um, We are... God's own people. That's who we are as the church, not a political party. Anytime we get so worldly about things that the church just becomes an ideological movement, we're just a political party, we're just some kind of work for social um, force in the world. No, we are God's own people. And what is our purpose as the church? What are we supposed to do? So that you may announce the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. That we're all, that's again, that's not directed toward the hierarchy to announce the praises. That's all of us. We are a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a people of his own, a chosen race. So that we may announce the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. The fact that we have been reborn in Christ through baptism has brought us out of darkness. We're in the light. We don't walk in the darkness anymore. We're the church and we have been enlightened by Almighty God. He is our light. And we have to announce his praises, each and every one of us, that we're all called to preach the gospel. And we're to do it, you're to do it, in the, particular, the way particular to the laity, to the people of God. You know, there's been a lot of confusion over the last particularly um, 60 years when the Second Vatican Council taught about the universal call to holiness, that that's it. We are all the people of God, and we're all supposed to be on mission. And there's been a lot of confusion that what does it mean to say That every person, on account of their baptism, is called to holiness? What do we have to look like to do that? And unfortunately, it's taken on the the facet of, well, we just have to be more like priests. Well, if we're all called to holiness, we just gotta all be more like priests. Let's all do that. Let's have everyone get up at this pulpit and say something, because that's what preaching means. Like, no, that's not. I have a role in the church. Um, to work for your holiness, you have the role of going into the world and preaching the gospel, doing it by your way of life, by your conduct, uh, by your example, doing it by sharing the word of God when appropriate, by offering to pray for and with people throughout the day. I mean, how many times um, when people are going through such distress right now, with the coronavirus pandemic, have we offered to just pray with people that are worried over Zoom or on phone or whatever? Like that's our role. We're supposed to do that. It's not all, let's get our own YouTube channels and stand at pulpits and preach, right? No, no. We're all called to go out into the world. The clericalization of the laity is a disaster in the church that when we try to make the lay people in the church more like priests, because that's what we all have to be if we're going to be holy. No way. Absolutely not. As the people of God, we're called to go out um, in the midst of the world, that we, we are supposed to be on mission. Every single one of us has the role of going into the world and preaching the gospel in the rite of priestly ordination, which I pray with regularly and particularly um, celebrate my anniversary tomorrow, I'm going to pray with. Like, the words, there's a particular paragraph in the two-page long prayer of ordination. And if I was more prepared, I'd be able to just read it um, verbatim from the book. Um, but it's like, there's a particular paragraph that is, like, the bishop can't mess that up. Like, that's like the essential formula. Um, and one of them, uh, the, the last line of that, like the line that makes you a priest. Um, and by a worthy way of life may they instill right conduct. Like that's boom. Like by deep and abiding holiness, but by renew within them the spirit of holiness. But by a worthy way of life, may they instill right conduct. The priesthood, the the common priesthood, those the priesthood that we all share on account of our baptism. That should as well be our motto. By a worthy way of life, may we instill right conduct, that by living well and in love with our Lord, having faith in him, staying close to him, we, the people of God, are called to instill right conduct in the world, being like yeast in the midst of the world that gives rise to people's spirits. A beautiful example of this to conclude um, is that this is so much what mothers do, that mothers, today is Mother's Day, um, and that this is the role of a mother, that mothers give tremendous example to their children, that the role of a mother um, in nurturing and loving and supporting their children, but that mothers, by a worthy way of life, can instill right conduct in their children, the example of a good mother. And we today, in this month of May, and on this Mother's Day, should turn above all. We should wish our moms Happy Mother's Day. Um, We should say a prayer for our moms if they've already passed from this life. But above all, we should turn to our mother, our queen, Mary, our mother. This month of May, we should look to her worthy way of life, which can instill right conduct in us. We can ask our mother to continue to pray for us, to inspire us in holiness. Mary um, is the mother of the church to which we belong. She's the mother of our chosen race and royal priesthood. And so we ask our mother to pray for us, to help us live our call to holiness, to help us go and spread the gospel throughout the world in our ordinary circumstances. We ask our mother to pray for the hierarchy of our church, for our Holy Father, our Archbishop, our priests, our deacons, that they may fulfill the the roles proper um, to them, Um, that they may build up the holiness of the people of God, so the holiness of the people of God can bring life to the entire world, and that we all can be with our Lord and Savior, Uh, so when he comes, he takes us to himself, so where he is, we also may be.